So let's face it, managing compliance sucks. It's complicated, it's so hard to keep organized, and it requires a ton of expertise in order to survive the entire process. Welcome to Compliance Unfiltered, a podcast dedicated to making compliance suck less. Now, here's your host, Todd Cashew with Adam Goslin. Well, welcome in to another edition of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashew alongside the spaghetti to your compliance bolognese, Mr. Adam Goslin. How the heck are you, sir? I'm doing good, Todd. How about yourself? I'm good. Are you uh you, you move in a two bedroom apartment over there? No, uh, just uh, yeah, just just apparently, apparently, uh, apparently, adjusting adjusting myself makes more noise than should be legally allowed. <laughs> hey, just wait till the motion alerts go off. Then, uh, then it's going to get really exciting. Let me tell you what. <laughs> well, listen, man, I'm uh, I'm thankful you're here. I'm also thankful, Adam, for those listening, uh, those of you at home who take the time each and every week to put us in your earbuds or. However, it is that you consume this fine podcast, we are thankful. Please, if you are uh, in the compliance space or not, and you have a friend in the compliance space that you think would appreciate our content, let them know. Give them a heads up that we exist. We're available on all major podcast platforms. This week, Adam, we're talking about thieves. That's right. Password stealers. For those that may not be in the know, why is knowing about password stealers important? Well, you know, when it comes to to protecting, you know, organizational sensitive information, you know, password protection is is one of the most critical elements when you're, you know, when you're running your organization. Um, you know, in some cases, a, a single password can open up a door for bad actors uh, to break into your entire network, exfiltrate proprietary information, employee data, sensitive customer information, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, so, you know, in most organizations, the employees are usually the weakest link. Um, people use weak passwords. They reuse their passwords. They make their login credentials easy, easy to discover in various other ways, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, other times they'll, you know, unknowingly download a password stealer. So, um, you know, it can, that those can discover even the strongest and best guarded login credentials. So it's a, uh, it, it's definitely something to, to be for the folks out there to be paying attention to. Well, tell me more about what password stealers actually are. So it's a kind of malware or spyware that gets installed secretly on a machine. Um, you know, it's a type of Trojan software that makes its way across a network. Somebody opens up the wrong file in their email or executes a program they downloaded from the wrong website. Um, and without their knowledge or consent, the file's installed onto the machine and begins working away in the background undetected, you know, and depending on, you know, depending on the organization, you know, it could be months before somebody has any clue, you know, what all happened or, you know, the fact that they may be at risk that anything got stolen. So, um, so it's a pretty, uh, pretty big deal from that perspective. No doubt about it. Now, how do these things actually work? Well, what they're doing is they're, they're, 
their job is to sit in the background and and capture authentication credentials but you know oftentimes the software that you know if they've gotten that far it's usually bigger than um you know than just simply um you know than just simply passwords um you know the the malware is is effectively scraping login information as you're entering your credentials in on your machine um and so as you as i'm on my machine and i'm i'm typing you know typing into the you know username and password fields um you know it's gathering up that information um it is you know actively watching for login prompts collecting keystroke information uh, exfiltrating any gathered data to secondary locations that would you know would ostensibly um you know have access by the bad actor um and that that exfiltration can happen in a, you know in a number of different ways um they could be you know they could be posting it to uh to a secondary website which is just a you know just a redirect to the you know to maybe another indirect redirect etc uh to finally get back to the bad bad actor but i mean they could be doing this through you know through web calls ftp calls you know all, pretty much any port that they you know that they desire uh you know type uh -huh. of thing they'd be able to leverage for pushing this information and data out more often than not, they'll use kind of, co uh, we'll call it common, uh, you know, common ports and protocols uh, just because those are less likely to get, you know, kind of get picked up by the, you know, by the organization that they're targeting. Sure. That makes sense. Now, how does one tell they have a password stealer? I mean, that's really what people want to know. Like, how do we figure out what the heck this is and where do we find it? Sure. Uh, well, the best and most reliable way to 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 know uh, that you, you know, that that you have a problem, uh, you know, uh, before and hopefully before it's doing damage, um, is making sure that you've got updated, you know, kind of AV software on all of the machines within your organization. You know, keep in mind we were talking a little bit earlier about how the um, uh, about how the you know the the password stealing software kind of gets in once and then attempts to get itself replicated to other devices and machines within the environment. So when I say make sure you've got this all over the place, as I mean it, um, you don't know where the kind of first point is going to be that something comes in. Uh, mm -hmm. But certainly as the as the software is making its way across the network, um, the more machine, you know, if you have every machine protected, then theoretically all of them are nodes that could, you know, report and or thwart, you know, what's happening. Um, you know, antivirus uh, scans, you know, uh, you know, uh, will detect the malware. Um, and when it identifies a password stealer, then it, it will typically quarantine either, uh, you know, securely deleting it or, you know, setting it off into a, you know, into a penalty box, et cetera, um, the malware and removing it, you know, removing it from, uh, from the machine itself. Um, you know, it's, it's most important to have the AV software installed on uh, all of your organization's computers. Um, but similarly, you got to make sure that you actually have it set up right. Um, you know, making sure that your AV software is scanning your machine on a regular basis, uh, you know, uh, e even if you have, you know, a lot of the, a lot of them a hawk, you know, live scans, you know, type of thing. Well, that's great. But if for some reason, 
the live scan misses it, then you also want to have a secondary uh, configuration that basically does a full system scan once a week, once a day, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something along those lines. Um, you know, that's the one side of it. The other is that you want to make sure that, you know, your um, scan engine and scan definitions uh, are being updated regularly. You know, a lot of people kind of take it for granted that, well, I'm running the software, but yeah, every single one of these pieces of software is different in terms of how it works and behaves. You want to you you want to make sure that uh, yeah that you have um, you know that you have the, uh, the everything is be actually being updated. Don't just assume it's being updated, but actually go in and take a look. You know, were my virus you know were my definitions getting updated? Is the engine getting updated? You know, you want to put your eyeballs on that and and do periodic checks to make sure. Um, you know, because I've seen in more than more than uh, a handful of cases uh, where organizations were like, well, we installed the software and you know everything should be working and we never looked at it again. And of course, you know, one machine is misconfigured or one machine's having a communication issue and can't make get its update or 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 a whole myriad of reasons but you know you want to go in and, and and make sure that your your kind of your central dashboard for your AV software is uh, kind of pulling in and reporting back the both the the definition and engine updates uh, being applied to all of the boxes within the you know within the environment we talked earlier about how making sure that you have this kind of on all of your devices that's the other thing is periodically, effectively taking your inventory and bouncing it up against your core AV repository to confirm uh, that, uh, as an example, boxes that, you know, had the software, uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever, last month or last quarter or last year, um, still have it. Um, you know, a lot of crazy stuff happens through the course of the year. Some of it may be, you know, uh, may be nefarious and some not, but, you know, you want to go through and take a look at, you know, those, make sure that the, the machines that you believe you have it on still have it. Um, and then also it's a good sanity check for any new devices and new machines that you set up can, you know, confirming periodically that when those new machines or servers or whatever, hit the you know hit the network that those are configured properly you know of course you got all your your checks and balances as you're going through your deployment methodology but if somebody drops the ball now you have a you know now you have a trust but verify moment if you will um you know when you're looking for the for the av software now i'd look for one that's running live on the machine in addition to periodic scan versus just a periodic scan um, you know, running live means that the AV is actively seeing running processes, comparing them to definitions, finding stuff, you know, basically as it's hitting the, the machines instead of, let's say I ran a, I'm just going to say uh, there's an organization that has a one full weekly scan, you know, type of thing. Well, if that's the case and I happen to have this, uh, you know, uh, bad software get onto a machine and it does it the day after that scan, well, it's six more days before I'm even seeing that, uh, you know, before I'm getting alerts off of that, you know, periodic scan. So yeah, you definitely want to, the, the faster you can identify, uh, you know, that Houston, we got a problem, uh, uh-huh. then the faster you're able to, you know, to go through and, uh, and do something about it. Yeah, most definitely. Now, what should you do if you find you have a password stealer? 
Well, if you detect a password stealer on a machine, then you want to make sure that it gets clean, uh, cleaned and cleared off the, you know, off of the device, you know, before you go too far, um, you know, make sure uh, that you're connecting with your IT department, having them help to uh, figure things out. What steps do we want to take and what do we need to do? You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, you, you want their involvement, uh, knowing that we have a single machine, you know, within the environment that has bad software, uh, that should elicit a whole myriad of questions about how did it get there? When did it get there? Uh, you know, what types of communicate, do I have modes or methods to determine types of communications from that machine? Uh, you know, that type of thing. Um, you know, certainly there will be some very, very distinct and deliberate instructions coming out of IT and or, uh, you know, out of uh, certainly if you need to go to like data forensics or anything along those lines, they will absolutely have steps for you to uh, to, to take. Um, my best recommendation is get, coordinate with your IT, coordinate with your teams for incident response. Uh, you know, take their guidance and advice. I, I've seen uh, a number of organizations that their their gut reaction is, oh my God, we have this problem. Shut the machine off. The problem is, is the minute that you shut the machine off, now you have potentially cleared or cleansed really valuable information about what was going on, local logs on that device or box, you know, and, and, and. So uh, I would, uh, you know, I would certainly uh, do that coordination with your internal crew and, and make sure to follow their guidance. Um, you know, there, this, it could be everything from, you know, a high confidence factor that, you know, we've, you know, discovered and cleaned it up, you know, quote unquote, uh, but depending on which machine got hit, they, you know, that you might be in for a machine rebuild to, to make absolutely certain that we've cleared the clock on this thing, um, you know. And so, you know, they're also going to, once they've done the, you know, kind of the initial analysis on, you know, the, the one instance that's known, that's when they're going to want to go and look for whatever the, the signature pattern is of the nefarious software you got onto the machine and look at other machines within the environment. Are they, you know, are they aware and cognizant of this? Are they picking it up? Uh, you may need to go ahead and report, um, you know, the, the identification of this software to, uh, you know, to your AV you know, software vendor, you know, that type of thing. So, you know, there's a lot of steps involved you definitely want to coordinate with kind of your, your your internal experts but you know as best you can the you know the first step is you know getting the right people to give the right guidance uh, and secluding that machine from other things on the network until you can ensure that you know the the malware has been you know isolated disconnected from other machines and then take the steps for kind of cleaning the clock if you will well what are some best practices for the folks out there Adam well, I mean, it goes without saying that, you know, you're better off to prevent it from getting to your machines in the first place. Um, so, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, training, uh, you know, training personnel, uh, you know, for spotting suspicious emails and using best practices for passwords. Um, those are certainly two, two arenas uh, that will uh, that will be helpful. So. Let's talk about email, uh, kind of email best practices. There's a lot of indicators for helping recognizing phishing emails. Um, you know, oftentimes when you see receive these emails, there'll be some type of a sense of doom and gloom or urgency. 
you know, type of thing. If you don't act within the next two hours, then, you know, this deal is no longer going to be valid or so-and-so is going to throw you in jail if you don't blah, 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 or, you know, or, 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 um, but if they, they're developing a sense of urgency, um, you know, then, uh, you know, things like confirm your account before it gets shut off, you know, things along those lines or your computer security is at risk and you need to confirm your credentials. Um, where you're seeing those sense of urgencies, that's usually a pretty key indicator. Uh, unexpected emails, uh, whether it's someone you know or don't, um, you know, if it's a, Facebook friend that's emailing your work account or a you know, billing issue is sent to you instead of accounting, you know, those are all kind of indicators for if it, if it, you know, uh, you know, if it looks weird or it seems odd, you know, et cetera, then your alert should be going up. Um, you know, the from email address is odd. Um, so you want to pay attention to the exact spelling and, and punctuation of the email addresses. A lot of times they'll, they'll mask the, the company email uh, when it comes in. So all it'll say in the, you know, kind of the from line will be it's coming from Tog the Show. And instead, if you hover over Tog the Show, it'll then say, oh, this is really coming from, you know, ABC123 at Hotmail.com you know, type of thing. So, mm. you know, you want to, you want to, you know, kind of double check there and, you know, make sure um, that it's not, uh, you know, it's not coming from a hyphenated company name instead of the normal domain you'd expect, things like that. Um, poorly written is still prevalent. Um, you know, a lot of the phishing emails, you know, often are coming from overseas. Uh, we, we had a, we had a, a discussion talking about the, the downsides of AI, you know, previously, uh, you know, where I, I can see AI helping these bad actors with their, you know, with their English language and quickly composing, uh, you know, different scenarios, et cetera. But for the moment, um, you know, uh, English is a second language for a lot of the folks that are perpetrating the phishing schemes. Uh, so, uh, so if you're seeing poorly written, poor grammar, uh, you know, that's another, another arena. Um, the logo uh, in an email, just not looking right. Uh, if the attacker stole a company logo, pasted it into an email, maybe it's wrong aspect ratio or low res, uh, you know, maybe an outdated version of the logo because they picked it up three years ago or whatever. Um, you know, so that's a, that can be another sign. Um, strange attachments or links, um, you know, hovering over any links, checking the URL, you know, uh, you know, the URL that's showing up at the bottom of your window as you're hovering over it, you know, are the links going to India, Russia, Japan, you know, China, whatever, um, you know, some other foreign country, um, you know, so, you know, the nefarious emails will typically, you know, be seeking you to click on a link, download an attachment or replying with, with sensitive information so they can kind of take the next step of, of trying to, you know, trying to do damage, if you will. Um, the second kind of main topic we were talking about earlier was, uh, you know, as far as things that we can do, uh, you know, proactively um, is password. So, you know, some password best practices that can keep you out of hot water. Number one, number one, and I'll say it like from the rooftops, I'll say it in the, in the gutters, you know, blah, 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 please, for the love of all that's holy and true. Please store your passwords in a password management system. Do not use a password pattern. Do not uh, store your passwords in an Excel sheet. Do not, you know, stick them into a text file. You know, use a password management system. Uh, and actually, I've got a, 
Um, we've done we've done uh, blogs on this topic. We've done pods on this topic. Uh, I, I can't I can't encourage people enough to leverage that password management system. In my case, every single one of my passwords, and I have hundreds of them. Every single one, honestly, I don't even know what the password is. Number one, number two, it is usually as long as I can make the password scrambled barf uh, letters, numbers, special characters, all that fun stuff. I don't know what my passwords are because they're in the password management system. Um, so, you know, don't use the same password across multiple accounts. Don't use the same pattern that you tweak from account to account. Maybe it's like the business name underscore puppy one, two, three, you know, type of thing. No, because the person that gets exposed to that password is just going to go to the other business, you know, type of deal, switch the name and poof, they got your video they're in. Um, you know, for uh, password security questions, here's another good, uh, a good tip. Um, you know, don't, uh, don't just answer the question that's asked. What I mean by that is, let's say the one that I see a fair amount, whatever. What was your name of your best friend in grade in in elementary school or grade school? You know, type of thing. If my best friend, when I was in you know elementary or grade school, her name was Gertrude. Well, if I go and put Gertrude in and I answer that question over on this site, when I'm answering the same question on this other site and put in Gertrude. Well, now I've got a way that people can use my security questions against me. So usually what I'll do with those is uh, in the in the password management system, in the notes for the account that we're talking about, I will literally put in the notes, you know, name of best friend from grade school, you know, colon. And then I, I'll either just you know, kind of punch my keyboard with a whole bunch of random characters or, you know, you know, blue potato 42, uh, you know, uh, exclamation point uh, boat, whatever. I'll just make it up, you know, and that way my security questions for the same questions across multiple sites are all different as well. Um, you know, so that's another another option. And certainly not the not the least of which is um, if the if the site gives you the option turning on two factor do it. Um, you know, even if an attacker gets a hold of your username and your password uh, through either password scraping or pattern recognition, or you use the same password everywhere, or, you know, they got onto your local machine, and you happen to have all your stuff in an Excel sheet, which they can crack the password on that in about five seconds. Uh, you know, then, you know, then if they got a hold of it, the secondary authentication, number one, is going to alert you that hey wait a second I'm not I don't know I, I use zebralamps.com as a as, as as kind of my example uh, you know my example website if you will I gotta find out if that exists um, so uh, but uh, you know zebralamps.com if I know my account on that has two factor and I'm busily sitting here I haven't tried to go to the site you know etc and out of the blue I'm getting a two factor request for zebralamps.com. Well, now you know you got now now you know now you know you got an issue. And honestly, if I get those errant, uh, you know, any errant, if I ever got it, got an it hasn't happened to me in a long time. But if I ever got an errant uh, notification, I could tell what site it was coming from. The very first thing that I would do is go in and change my password on that, you know, on that site, um, you know, because I know, you know, I know somehow somebody, you know, somebody might have got a hold of it. Uh, but in my case, because of the fact that I use that password management system, 
I'm not as worried because I know that is the only site that password is being used on across all of the passwords that I've got. So the password management system puts you in a much stronger position um, because every single one of your passwords is different across the board. Uh, you know, the other plus side is you no longer you know need to remember any of your passwords, uh, you know, type of thing. Parting shots and thoughts for the folks this week, Adam. So, you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to protect your company from everything under the sun, every cyber attack somebody can come up with. But, you know, you can certainly use some of these best practices to, to put yourself in a solid position, um, you know, so that you can you can kind of protect yourself as best as you can. Uh, you know, or organizations, uh, you know, that uh, that tend to take, uh, you know, that take security and compliance seriously, uh, you know, are the ones that also... Uh, uh, tend to avoid the ones that want to be in the in the headlines in the news. So, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, certainly, you know, you use some of the stuff that we've had in here. Uh, you know, do uh, do some remedial training with your, you know, with your internal folks. Um, you know, I know people get tired of their supplemental training sessions and blah blah blah, and a lot of their eyes will glaze over, etc. But you know, honestly, that your your personnel literally are one of the biggest uh you know forms of defense if you will for the organization so uh go ahead and uh and and get them retrained have them listen to this uh you know you may want to also double check uh do some sanity checking on some of your uh you know on some of your folks uh you know where are they putting their passwords <laughs> uh, you might be uh yeah you might be afraid once you find out uh, some of the answers across the board even the despite all the training and and uh you know and whatnot so it's uh you know it's a it's a it's an exercise to try to to try to keep everybody in the organization on the straight and narrow when it comes to the security and compliance arena uh but uh but i i, I have faith in our listeners as do I, sir, as do I. And that right there, that's the good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashel. And I'm Adam Goslin. Hope we helped to get you fired up to make your compliance suck less.